Welcome to the Brand Shift Personal Branding Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Wozniak, and today I'm here with Niall Ratcliffe. How's it going, Niall? It's going good, man. Great to be here. I'm excited for this. Dude, me too. Honestly, I'm really excited to for you to share your perspective, um, especially in the world of like newsletters. I first heard about you um, from Roman, and I saw that it was like your birthday, and you're like, I'm going to build the biggest newsletter, marketing newsletter of all time. And I'm like, this guy's cool. I need to get to know him a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I love Roman. And I'm still on that mission. We're still growing. Um, got sidetracked a little bit with the business, but we're, we're still going 57 newsletters on the bounce. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. That's awesome. So for those that don't yet know you, tell us a little bit about who you are and a little bit about your backstory, how you got started creating your business online and, and building your personal brand. Yeah. So right now I'm now Ratcliffe, CEO and co-founder of Ratcliffe Brothers, a business I started um, with my brother, um, which is a lead nurturing business. And we help seven figure um, businesses, generally B2B service-based businesses, nurture their leads um, through various different lead nurturing solutions. Um, how did I get to start my personal brand? It's a great question. And the last podcast I went on, actually, I was in a very different stage of my life and they asked me a similar question. And um, I talked about how I was applying for jobs and I applied for something like 105 jobs and, and didn't get any. And I started building my brand and I actually got seven job offers in my LinkedIn DMs within about two to three months, something like that. Um, and ironically, I'm kind of like another six months down the line from that and it's changed dramatically. But essentially, um, the reason I started building my brand, I was in university at the time um, in America. And no one, no one rated me. No one gave a fuck about what I did, part of my language. No one cared. No one cared at all. And I felt like I had so much um, marketing knowledge to give out. And I'd done a bunch of stuff in social media in terms of freelancing and, uh, and working with clients. But no one really cared for like what I had to say. And I didn't understand how I could get that credibility. And my main focus at the time was actually just getting a job out of college. I wanted a good marketing job. And I didn't want to be that intern who does nothing and gets paid nothing for like two, three years just to work for two three years to get one step off the ladder so I was like what am I gonna do and at the time I was obsessed with um Polina um she's called Polina Pompliano now and she had a newsletter and I, and I really enjoyed it and I, I felt so connected to her and I valued her and, and and she had so much credibility in my life but I decided you know I'm gonna do the same and I'm gonna put across my knowledge and show people where they just can't refute it and what I created was growing viral and it's a marketing newsletter which essentially makes you a better marketer in four minutes at my goal every Sunday. But what I do is take um, more than like a billion dollar company uh, and get their marketing strategy. I break it down how they do it and I explain to people how they can do it in their business as well. And the whole idea behind it was just essentially to build credibility. And ironically, I started posting the newsletter and I had maybe three subscribers, like me, myself, like with two emails and my mum. Uh, and that was it. And I had 100% open rate, but it was just me and my mother and, and she loved it. Uh, but it wasn't really getting much out of it so I decided I was going to start posting on social media LinkedIn and Twitter at the time and as I started posting on LinkedIn I saw that other people were posting just basic content on LinkedIn I decided okay I can I can slim down my newsletter and make it into a LinkedIn post I started putting out content and like I said um, probably two three weeks before I'd done that I had applied for something like 105 jobs on LinkedIn like I was applying for everything anything and everything in the marketing world didn't even get an interview not one not one interview and once I started posting, I got something like, like I said, five, five or seven interviews 
um, I think it was literally job offers in my DMs in, in the space of a couple of months. I ended up joining um, Kurogo as a personal brand manager. And it was one of the fastest learning experiences of my life being in the space. I think when I joined, there was me, technically me, Schwabe and Sam Winsby, um, all CEOs now, ironically. Um, it really was a dream team. And I, I essentially just learned everything about the industry um, in a space of two to three months. But also, like, I really understood at that point the value of it for me and the value of, of building that reputation, digitalizing it online. And then over the next three months, it got to a point where people were demanding me personally um, so much in my DMs that I decided um, it was time to go and do my own thing. And ironically, the thing that pushed it over the line was someone said to me, I, I love your newsletter and you, you're clearly very intelligent and you clearly know a lot of stuff about marketing. I want you to run my newsletter for me. And, and they pushed me to actually quit my job and they wanted to become the first client. So I rang Morgan and my brother and we discussed it and, and we came up with um, an offer, which was very basic at the time, um, and put some very, very basic systems in place. And we had essentially a business. So I quit my job um, and went on the business. And ironically, the second we announced it, we got eight clients. And I think probably 10 days, I'd say two weeks to be safe, we got eight clients. And it went from me being like this random employee to being, uh, I think we hit six figures within the space of a month. So I went from like an employee to a six figure business owner, like, like, like that. And it was just crazy for me to realize, I kind of didn't realize what I did at first. And I look back now and realize, actually I was nurturing everyone in my audience through my newsletter and through my LinkedIn content for the last 12 months. And it was only when I actually started to, you know, to go and say, I'm going to do this for people. Here's a service I'm going to offer. And I got those eight clients and, and high ticket paying, you know, thousands of pounds a month. I was like, I didn't only realize, wow, I've done something here, but I realized kind of the steps backwards I took. Um, and slowly we, we perfected the offer um, and essentially done what I did for myself. I mean, now we do it for, um, for seven figure businesses, um, which is, is absolutely extraordinary and extraordinary. And like I say, it's so ironic that the last podcast I was on, I was talking about how I got job offers and I'm still in my full-time role. And now I'm here. Um, we've got 22 clients um, right now on the roster and still growing. And like I said, just hired our 15 member this week. So a team of five as well. And it was all for me starting posting uh, online and starting my newsletter. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> and it, like you said, like, you might not even not have realized it, but starting with that newsletter and having that in place and then creating content on top, a lot of people will be creating content for a long time before they realize, oh, shoot, I need to be capturing this attention in the form of emails and start nurturing that through a more long-term relationship. But you built right on top of that platform. Um, and you said it's a little bit by accident, but let's dive into that a little bit more. Why are newsletters uh, and email lead nurture, what is it and why is it so dang powerful? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for it. Uh, there's the content aspect to start with. Um, and that is simply because there's a big difference between reading a hundred word LinkedIn post and a thousand word email, um, just in terms of you know, the value you can put across and the knowledge you can put across in that long form content is, is just irrefutable. It's, it's amazing. Um, but the thing that people don't realize is that with a LinkedIn audience, I have, I don't know, 6,000 followers on LinkedIn right now. And if you ask me how many of those potential clients, I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. Could be 10, could be 2,000. And I don't know. I literally don't know. But the difference is with my newsletter, 
I can pull the link activity. I can rank the leads um, in terms of the emails and their link activity, see which links they do. Um, and I can get into our, our lead ranking system in a second, but essentially I can literally see all across my list of these five people are really interested in what I'm talking about. These 10 people are somewhat interested and these 40, these are nowhere near you. And through being able to actually see where your audience is at, being able to segment them and target them in different ways, I know that if I reach out to these four people, the 99% chance will jump on a call with me. Let's say my sales conversion at 50%. I now know that you know probably two of those people are going to close. And I can also see the progression and how successful the newsletter is. Um, so let's say we run a newsletter for a digital marketing agency. I can show them on a monthly basis. Here's your email list. But here's five people on that list that you should reach out to right now. And they're going to close more than likely, depending on, on how good you are at selling. And I can also show them, actually, these 40 that last week were nowhere near closing. Now they're getting closer. They're getting really closer. Um, and the, the genius behind that is what we call our RB uh, lead ranking system. And essentially, um, it goes off. <laughs> I don't want to get too into it, but uh, essentially, we we rank each link we put in the email in terms of value of how much they expose themselves. So, a link that let's say let's say I put in my newsletter. If you're interested in our services, click here. That's a huge show of your interest if you click that link. If I have a definition of lead nurturing and you click it, you're interested in the topic, but you might not, might not be interested in the services. And essentially, we're able to rank those um, links. And then on a monthly basis, see how many links they click, adds up a score, and then it goes into our system where we're able to rank the leads. And essentially, you come out at the end of the month with a whole email list of where those leads are ranked. And I'm a bit off topic. It sounded a bit like a sales pitch, I'm sorry. But um, the genius behind, like I said, is like my LinkedIn um, audience is, is one thing. But like being able to see, if I was able to see each people, how interested they are actually, um, in the company from LinkedIn, it'd be invaluable. And the only place you can do that right now is with email. If LinkedIn introduced it, I'd be very happy, Matt. <laughs> no, I'm actually glad that you dove a little deeper there because I think most people think of like, I need a newsletter so I can get a bunch of emails and then I can like send out my offering to a bunch of people. But you're taking this approach where you're able to segment and figure out who is interested, who's not interested. And as a result, have it a very strategic approach because instead of just shotgunning to your whole email newsletter, you have five very specific individuals who are engaged, who are ready to do business with you. And then you just make that, that connection, you reach out and there's, like you said, a great opportunity to turn that into business, which is fascinating. And when yeah. it comes to like getting those emails, how do people normally go about uh, doing that? Is, is newsletters really the only way to go or... How can people think about implementing their own email strategy? Great question. Um, and this is why on our full package that we do off the clients is an awareness section, which is my forte, which is LinkedIn. Um, and what we essentially do with our clients is build out this funnel um, of getting people from not knowing the brand to knowing the brand on LinkedIn uh, and through uh, personal branding and nurturing the audience on LinkedIn. Because people forget that, yes, it's personal branding. You've got to be authentic. But like, if you're a business owner and your sole intention of LinkedIn is to make money, like you're actually nurturing that audience and that is your intention. And we have that stage. And then we work with the client to convert them from the big audience, from knowing the client who they are on LinkedIn, actually making a small commitment to the newsletter. And it's actually really valuable is that small step there. People misunderstand when they have 20,000 followers on LinkedIn and only a hundred people subscribe to their newsletter. You know, I've had a client before look at me and say like, oh, like the conversion hasn't happened well. And it's like, no, like I'm glad that, it doesn't matter essentially how many people are, whether there's 10 or 10,000. 
because every single person on that list has made a small commitment. And it's much easier than to go from a LinkedIn follower to a small commitment to a newsletter and say, okay, I'm going to give you access to my inbox, which is a genuine commitment. I don't give many people access to my inbox. You know, when you give your email out, you give it out like very rarely and only when you feel like this value. And people misunderstand that 100 subscribers on your email list is more valuable than 5,000 on LinkedIn. And there's a reason, you know, there's a huge CPM um, in terms of ad spend on to new, create a newsletters compared to LinkedIn. Like you're going to get paid a lot more money to send out an ad in a 10,000 email newsletter than a 10,000 follower LinkedIn account. And there's a reason for that. And that's because those people are committed. Then they've given you the access to their email address. Um, so yeah, we do help with the awareness stage on LinkedIn and the conversion also. And we also help um, with conversions in terms of light boxes from the website. Um, contact us form will help with the copy on that and essentially get um, as many people as we can to the newsletter. Like I said, I'm not trying to get thousands of people to a newsletter. I'm trying to get all the right people to their newsletter um, because I don't want, you know, Bill and Joe from down the road who decide to give their email for free on the newsletter. I want potential clients exclusively. Wow. I love that focus, that ruthless focus. It's like, look, a lot of people really are, even if they say they're not, they, they say they're out to get clients on LinkedIn, but really they're looking for metrics. They're like, they want a lot of followers. They want a lot of views. And you're like, you know what? I'm not going to fall for that trap. I'm going to look for very specific people who are willing to make that small commitment, who I know are on a really good track. If we nurture them, that they'll be able to move from interested to customer. And I, I like that you have that laser focus. Yeah. And I think it actually did a pull the other day. And I think I got some negative comments and, and something that I'm accepting more now is, is negative comments. But um, people forget they're not influencers and, and you can be an influencer and that's fine. Be a LinkedIn influencer. Great. Like you do that and, and, and you know, all hats off to you do that. Like, but personally, like I'm a CEO and, and I'm getting leads and, and I can't pause as, as an influencer. And it's something that I fall into the trap of as well is I remember sitting there thinking, ah, this will do well. This post will do well on LinkedIn. I think we all do at some point. We all think, okay, this is going to get 200 likes. It's going to get 300. Um, but ironically, my engagement has dropped probably 50% in the last two months. But my leads are just through the roof. Like we're overwhelmed right now. I'm like not replying to like guarantee clients because like, I don't have space for it in the company. We will do now we've just hired this open up capacity. But for a time, I was like really slowing down our onboarding process. But that was because I changed my content strategy as well on LinkedIn. And I had a client who's actually one of my favorite clients. He said to me like, oh, maybe we add to the bottom of the post, like hit the notification bell to like see more of my posts. And I said, I said, you're a CEO, you're not an influencer. Like, like I, and, and we were joking back and forth about it, but I was like, you know, you're not trying to be a content guy. Like you, you, you're trying to get business and that's what we're here for on LinkedIn. And like I said, I do believe you have to um, be human and be a real person on LinkedIn, but you also have to add value. And I think that's something people misunderstand and, and I fall in track to posting the smiley selfies. And it's almost what I became known for is, is the smiley selfie. And I had a friend of my, my ex-boss, Sam Winsby, he actually texted me and he's like, stop, stop with the fucking smell selfies now. <laughs> and uh, we had a chat back and forth and I was like, why? And he's like, you're a CEO now. Like you're no longer a 20 year old employee. You're the young CEO. And, and it's a very different thing. And, and that's what something we have to explain to clients and tell clients as well is that yes, be human, be authentic, um, be somewhat vulnerable online, but also like your focus here is to nurture leads and you have to talk to those clients uh, and do that as well. And not to go on a tangent again, but one of the things we do <clears throat> push with clients is, is something we call a four forces diagram. And essentially uh, we build this out with the clients and it's 
essentially just a simple spreadsheet with columns of their wants, desires, uh, dreams, fears, nightmares. That might have been fine. I mean, one of them was one of them's not in it. Um, but and essentially what we do is we go over their clients' fears and their dreams and their wants and 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 write down exactly what their clients are wanting right now, what they're needing right now, to make sure that our content actually talks to the clients. Because that's something else people forget. Like, yes, I go for a walk every day. But like if I post on my LinkedIn, like everybody go for a walk, like it's good for your mental health. That's a fact. And it'll get 300 likes. But do you think the the, the CEO down the road is going to scroll down and be like, ah, this guy walks. This guy walks every day. Like I'm going to pay him just 3,000 pounds a month because he walks. Like, no, they're not. They're going to pay you thousands of pounds a month because you can give them double that for their business you can give them the big roi no one is going to sign with me because i take a walk for my mental health um there's anything wrong with that and i do walk three times a day nearly. um but yeah people forget their intentions with linkedin i can't remember what the question was but i went off on a, I went off on a tangent no i think you nailed it and it's interesting because i i think you're right like obviously authenticity and transparency and being personable is good but it's not actually about you when you create content at all it's about who your customer it's about your audience it's about adding as much value as possible and sometimes that value might be entertaining or maybe it's it is obvious but for the most part it's probably not it's probably actually helping them go from point a to point b and and seeing an actual tangible result or seeing like you said their fears or their nightmares seeing a way to overcome that and giving them real like tangible what to do and how to think about their their struggles shows them for one that you know what they're going through and for two that you're the solution to their struggle exactly and i think that especially um, obviously uh, you're um, in the us from the us and i think one thing that i recognize in the difference we have clients on both sides some in england so some in the us and quickly growing our us client base um, but if you look at the content of us based people content creators CEOs, and you look at the ones in the UK, there's a big, big difference. And I'm not sure why, but there's the Justin Welshers, even like the Sam Pars, like everything they put out is really value focused. And sorry, UK, like a lot of the stuff in the UK is very fluffy at the minute. And, and, and there's strategies for both. And like I said, I joke about like you shouldn't post up going on a walk, but there's a time and place for it. And it does show you're human. And if you believe in that and, and, and being a person, there is a time for it, but not every post. And I think that what we're going to slowly start to see is, especially on LinkedIn, that and my audience, at least, is very UK focused. We're going to see some of the American content creators, CEOs, start taking over and taking their clients because they're the ones putting out value for free online. And I actually am a huge fan of Twitter and the platform. And I follow some amazing people. Um, and I think there's a reason there's eight, nine figure CEOs on, on Twitter, whereas LinkedIn's more six to seven figure with some eight figure CEOs on there. Um, and I just think on Twitter, you can't put no fluff. It's ruthless out there. Like you put value out there, like hardcore value or no, no one cares. And I think we're going to quickly see over the next six months that the people who aren't putting out that value on LinkedIn are going to get eaten alive um, in terms of business. You might do great followers wise, uh, but you have to add some sort of value. I love that. And so for those that are maybe hesitant about jumping into the content game, um, maybe they don't feel like they have enough value to give. They don't know how to shape that strategy. Um, but maybe even specifically people who are wanting to launch a newsletter who are saying like, I don't know if I can provide like a really in-depth uh, piece of content on like a weekly or sometimes more than once a week basis. Um, what do you tell those people who, who are on the fence about it? 
great question. Um, the first thing I'd say is, trust me, like where you, where they are, I was there not probably nearly 18 months ago, something like that. Um, and you just have to do it. When I started the marketing newsletter, um, going viral, like I wanted to show my value, but I also was starting to learn as well. And and sometimes I forget like how unintelligent in the marketing field I was back then, even though. I don't know. Maybe I, I've always thought I knew everything. And then every like month, I look back at myself a month ago, I was like, oh, he knew nothing. But back 18 months ago, I didn't know much about marketing. And and the great thing about it is, is that all mine are published online. Um, and you can see my first ever newsletter and see, okay, this is, this is he was on something, but like, he didn't really have that in-depth knowledge. And you look at the one from, from last week and the week before, uh, and you do see that. And like I say, I think the great thing about newsletters is you can post that week on week and learn with how really, you know, on LinkedIn, you're putting it out to the world where your friends, your family see it. But like, I don't know, you can put that out and, and, and take six months writing it with no one really reading it. And, and that's what I did. I didn't have more than 100 subscribers for six months. I didn't have anything like that. But what I was doing is just I set a disciplined goal of posting one every Sunday. And since I posted that first one, it was August 1st, 2021, I think. The first one went out and I haven't missed a Sunday since. And no matter what, like, and I, I think I wrote a post on this. Like, I was writing my newsletter at 3 a.m. in Edinburgh on New Year's. And I was sat there. And my girlfriend was asleep next to me. Like, she's American. And we'd, we'd come to Scotland for New Year's. And, and literally, I was sat there writing a newsletter in this hotel room because I wouldn't miss that Sunday. And at the time, people would say, oh, it's stupid. It's a newsletter. Post it on Monday. But you have to set that discipline of, like, okay, I'm going to do this every single week, no matter what. Like, my whole family could could go in a, in a, in a you know die. my whole family could go missing I'm telling you I would get my newsletter out Sunday and, and you have to have that kind of discipline I think and say like I'm going to do that simple LinkedIn content post three times a week Monday Wednesday Friday like die before you miss that posting and, and with the newsletter the same I'm telling you in 12 months time you're like a, a walking six-figure machine because like content is the game in any field whether it's stem whether it's tech it, it is that and, and if you have that um you'll have like I said you're like a walking six-figure business not to mention like you have so much more confidence in yourself and and that's what I'd say so like ironically it's like um stereotypical cliche but like start start and don't stop don't stop for anything yeah I think there's so many people that start and stop and you know if you want to like be in the one percent of any anything whatever it is do something consistently for 12 months hardly anyone is really disciplined and focused on getting that one thing done, creating something for 12 months straight, and then hopefully long into the future. But if you'll just be disciplined enough to execute and make those rules for yourself, like, hey, this is a non-negotiable, um, yeah. you'll be able to make magic happen. And, and you've proved that, that that can happen quite fast. Yeah. And, and ironically, it happens slow and then happens fast. And, you know, everyone says, oh, my God, you got eight clients in two weeks. Oh, my God, you got six job offers in a month. I also spent 11 months writing a newsletter every week. Do you know what? It, it takes time. Like I spend six, seven hours sometimes on a Saturday writing a newsletter. And, and people aren't willing to do that. Uh, I'm just 21 right now. Technically, I should be out getting drunk, doing drugs. But I sit down on a Saturday like a boring old son writing my newsletter. And like I said, sometimes it takes six hours. Sometimes I get it done in four. But nonetheless, I do that every Saturday. Uh, but yeah, like I think it's ironic. People say I did it fast. And I'm like, I got the other 11 months where nothing happened when I posted on LinkedIn and scroll down, scroll down to when I posted my newsletter on LinkedIn and it got like two likes. One of them's me, the other one of them's my brother and that was it. That's awesome. So you've dropped a ton of wisdom for us today and I'm curious, where do you see yourself going next? 
Oh, it's um, an awesome question. And, and for me, my main focus um, over the next two years is obviously the business. Um, I'd like to hit a million in revenue in the next two years. It's very achievable with where we're at. Um, so that's kind of like the big goal. And you've always got that back goal. Is I genuinely, like, I'm going to build the biggest market news on the planet. I still have that goal. I have it written on my wall uh, upstairs. And I'm like, when I am 50, 55, 60, there's only one for me, 60. There's only one thing I see myself doing. And that is writing maybe one news a week. Maybe I'll go to two news a week. Maybe I'll up it at that point. But I'm telling you, if there's one thing I'm doing at 50, it's writing my newsletter. <laughs> I love that commitment, you know, like not only do you want to grow your business, but like that long-term vision of like, you know, I'm not, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make the biggest market. Every happen. Sunday, every Sunday, I tell, I swear to God, I will die on my deathbed. I will click send and that news that will go out every Sunday. <laughs> we'll have to write up something about your newsletter on your tombstone, man. <laughs> for sure. For sure. That's cool. Okay. And so for those that want to work with you, you're killing it. They want to keep up with you where can they do that yeah so firstly the website it's um, www.ratcliffebrothers.com um, you'll also find me on linkedin niall ratcliffe uh, twitter at niall ratcliffe um, i do both on there quite regularly as well my brother's also on linkedin morgan ratcliffe he's a less attractive ratcliffe brother but you can find you can find him on linkedin as well um, and other than that i'm sure you'll see me around uh, somewhere on social media love it and the links to those will be in the description of this episode and the last oh. question and wait, wait, the newsletter, I've talked about it, oh, www.growing-viral.com. Make sure you subscribe because I've talked about it for about 30 minutes. Heck yeah. <laughs> and the last question, what's one thing you're doing now you wish it was started five years ago? I mean, I could have something like really like clever that someone would say, but like genuinely, if I started like posting on LinkedIn five years ago, um, I'd be in a much better position than I am today. Um, and honestly, I say LinkedIn, I would just do anything. I'd do anything once a day, Monday to Friday, take the weekends off, whatever it was, whether it was playing basketball, writing a newsletter, posting on LinkedIn. Um, I'm horrendous at basketball. I don't even play. I don't know how I mentioned that. <laughs> Monday to Friday, just do one thing, whether it's write a post, whether it's write a newsletter, uh, just set that discipline target. And I'm not, and I'm since sure you do it for five years. Last tangent I'm going to go on is Stephen Bartlett recently put out about his podcast, uh, Diary of CEO, he hit like 10 million downloads. And he was talking about how for like months and months, he was dreaming of a thousand downloads. Um, and you have to go through those months of hitting the hundred downloads, hitting the hundred listeners. And one day you will get to the 10 million viewers. Um, and it's so easy to see someone like Drake or Stephen Bartlett or anyone else who's famous and think, wow, like they did it. Like no one saw it for the five years they put in where they weren't doing it.